0: Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast. Season two is us. I have Kieran Collins, Rory Walsh with us. How are things, lads? Good, Mark. Very good. Very good. Great to be back. Intercounty Hurling, full swing, Fitzgibbon Cup. So we'll have a look at the Allianz Hurling League uh, Division One. I know we didn't have a preview last week, but we'll kind of run the roll over the teams. Round one and round two. And also the Fitzgibbon Cup quarterfinals have been played uh, this week as well. We'll have a bit of reaction there. I suppose uh, we'll go to the Alliance in League 1A. Uh, Kieran, we we'll come to you first. In Chadwick's Wexford Park last Saturday night, you're down to see Wexford play Galway. What were your impressions of the match?
1: First off, it was, it's a, a new for Wexford with the, the addition of the floodlights. So it's a big talking My down there. Uh, five o'clock game. Under lights, uh, big crowd. I think it was over 8,200 uh, in attendance there. I think the game started very well. Wexford, kind of running from deep. And, you know, I, I think the the warning signs for me didn't come until maybe late in the, in the first half, into the second half. Um, you know, I think the two two teams were strong at it. But overall, I think looking at Wexford's, you know, the, there's a big issue with, with scoring. Uh, and... Uh, kind of a combination of maybe not taking the right man, taking on the shot and, and, and shooting from deep. Like, there's an awful bunch of wasteful balls. And I think at times, like, the 2 manful forwards, they were kind of, you know, when the ball did go in there, like, they were struggling to get on it. And I think it kind of pushed for shots to be taken from out the field, more so as the game went on. I think it's going to be a big worry for Egan for going forward, you know, without... Okay, you, I'll be, you can make a point that Lee Chin and Royal Connard, are two best forwards, weren't playing. But I think it just shows that the the strength and depth at the minute isn't there for Wexford. And the worry would be, you know, if either of these two guys pick up an injury as the year goes on, you know, for me, I'd be looking at who is there to uh to pick up the pieces for them. Like, I, I thought Galway, I think Galway were, were kind of poor in the first half. Um, They were probably lucky to be going in level at half time, 10 points apiece. But for me, Conor Whelan was just the main threat for Galway in the first half. I think everything went through him. Kind of changed a bit for him in the second half when Brian Concanon came on. And I think he really changed it up. And he had worked for you know, all sorts of other. Um, probably unlucky not to have a goal as as well. Uh, just a drop ball. I'd say if he had taken it, it would have been definitely a goal. But Galway, the spell between 48 and 68 minutes, I think, the 10 points, which effectively won the game for him. I think there's been a few... You know, players that impressed me for Galway, Liam Collins. I think he can be two points. Tiernan Colleen I think he did very well in the field. He kind of linked play. But one player who really stood out for me was cornerback Darren Marcy. Really, really good getting forward, and you, probably a player you probably compare him to to Barry Nash, getting up and down the field. And I, I really think he'll be uh, he would be uh, important to them as the year goes on. A little bit of smithing, Tom on, and I think Tom on had a great year last year. He was quite uh, for me as well. I think. Uh, Nyland, he missed a few early frees and he settled on them then, and he you know he didn't have any issues, but I think from play still for me, there's still huge question marks on Evan Island i just from what I've seen of him so far last year and into this year, yeah, when he's on the freeze, he's solid, but I just don't think he offers as much in open play as other players now in saying that, I'm sure Wexford would love to have an Evan Island too to be there to hit the freeze for him because I think that's another problem that they have, like chin. Lee Jin, he's not an out-and-out free-taker you know, he's the most natural free-taker you know he's he's worked very hard to get where he is but I think one thing Wexford are definitely lacking is an out-and-out free-taker and all the big teams have them. you've you know Horgan for for Cork and Gillan for Limerick and, and so on like y- you need a, a solid free-taker but I think if you're Egan you looking back 22 wides with a 40% uh, success rate it's just not good enough for this level and uh Early doors, but I think for Darragh Egan, there's you know, Warren signs are kind of flagging a bit early for him.
0: Yeah, indeed, Karen, Rory, you get yourself in here. I suppose Rory, in terms of Darragh Egan, I think he's seen the squad depth in full effect last year in the elimination to Clare in the All Ireland quarter final. I suppose he has to give young guys a bit of a go
2: and see what the strength and depth is. Yeah, and as Kieran said, there has to be a worry from day one straight out. Even last year, when uh, Wexford were going really well against Clare, Rory O'Connor picks up an injury, and I just think when Clare were coming back at them uh, in the second half, last ten minutes, that really told that they didn't have that. Uh, you know, talisman Lee Chin on his own isn't going to do it like Rory O'Connor is a great other forward like there's two super players you've watched then but uh you're kind of looking to see who's going to who's the new kid on the block for wexford that's going to step up and it just didn't seem to to be there look and there was, there was a lot of debutants and it might take a game or two for for guys you know to just get used to playing with the rest of the forward line and that but look that was a worry and the way they fell off in the second half you know first half i thought the game started okay like there was a show some nice sharp hurling you know for first game of the year you'd say and I was looking forward to going right down to the wire, the second half, because it looked like it was going to be a tight game. But Wexford just fell away, and it was almost challenge match um, pace and it. One thing, like I thought, Galway physicality uh, and Kieran, you might have known this better at the game, but on TV, Galway just looked like uh, physically like a lot physically stronger, bigger man. I know um, uh, Jason Flynn was back in from the start as well, and just had big men around that centre. With Evan Island as well, I just don't think he's a centre forward. Like where we were playing him out there, I just I just don't think he's in the right position. I, I I still would, I like we've seen enough from him to see that he's a real you know talented like shooter in the ball and just I think he 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 gets crowded out because he's not he out of all the physical players we are talking about there he just doesn't have that physicality. So I think uh Shefflin is probably just trying to find maybe the best position for him in that forward line. Um, but I wouldn't discount him yet. Um, yeah, I suppose he is the whole kind of guy Kieran like the the last. Couple of years, we've seen him, you know, coming onto the team, and we're waiting for him to like establish himself in the team. But yeah, he just seen, hasn't seemed to have made that step up yet. But maybe it's just a matter of Shefflin seeing where exactly he 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 fits into the team, or, or maybe he doesn't fit into it at all. But yeah, he he he's a talent, and it is a bit of an enigma for him. And um, look, I I actually think as well, um, the next tie for Galway Galway Cork at the weekend. I know was a lot of talk about Clare Limerick and. Uh, Kilkenny and Tip but I think this is a big one because both teams started well in the league um, probably have ambitions now whoever wins this game will be two out of two with still having Westmead to play so they're going to be in the shake up of things like so it is probably a, a huge game up in uh, Pierce Stadium at the weekend so uh, that's probably going to be the tied around but yeah Galway look uh, Sheffield has to be happy with how it went um, went down to Wexford which is a tough place to go first round of the league and um, we've seen Wexford turn teams over there plenty of times in the league uh, famously Tipperary there a couple of years ago when they came down as the Ireland champions and Wexford beat them below a the first round and, but uh, yeah it, for Wexford, for a team that looked like last year in the league, they were making progress um, got to a league semi-final and then things fell asunder for them there um, had a poor enough Leinster championship apart from that huge performance against Kilkenny so they have been that kind of team that brings a big performance from nowhere when you don't expect it but consistency isn't there and I think Kieran alluded to it. They just don't have a set of forwards that are consistently scoring. Um, oh. Apart from, obviously, Chin and um, O'Connor, they're only two consistent performers and they need another third, fourth forward to step up. You look at Limerick, one guy doesn't perform and you have four or five others that will uh, make up for it, you know? So that's Wexford are seriously lacking in that department.
1: I think the, the only forward, um, at the weekend especially, Charlie McGuckin, I think, really put his hand up. Um, took three points well. But I think physically... I- he, he was up there, with, like, yeah, you're right, the, the point on Galway, the strength and physicality, like, they're looking across the lines, like, Galway are, you know, big, big side, strong side, and I think that's where Wexford really lacked, was they couldn't match him physicality, phys, physically. McGuckin, I thought, really stood up, but I think the, the worrying thing, and look, Egan is trying young guys, uh, like, he has lost three or four hurlers from last year's panel, Poddy foe would have been one of them, who would have been, a, you know, um, one of the first guys in the team sheet, like, he needs to unearth a few players, and, he is giving them a goal, but the worrying thing is the players who did come on, there was no scores off the bench. But I think if you look across any of the other games, you know, and it's, it's a new, one of these things in Hurling now, if you're starting team and finishing team, you know, managers are expecting scores from the bench and, and Wexford just didn't come up with any, um against Calvary the weekend, which is a worry for Egan, if he's, like, he is wanting to build a panel and that was, we saw that last year against Clare, you know, as you, as you alluded to Rory, like when, when Roy O'Connor did go off, like you, we always hear John Coyley saying, next man in, next man in, but there seems to be that Wexford don't have the, the man to come in, and the biggest job for Egan is going to be with the panel, but, you know, looking, look as I said, it is early doors, but looking at and basing it on last week's match alone, it's hard, to, it's hard to see, is the quality there?
0: I suppose, guys, you know, Wexford next day out is in Cusack Park in Mullingar, facing Westmead, I mean... We know from previous history with Wexford and Westmead, that mightn't be a easy road trip for Wexford. But I suppose we can move on to Porky Keeve as well. I think he maybe touched on it with Cork. Cork and Limerick last weekend was televised live on RTE. Uh, Cork emerging 217 to 22 points winners. I suppose, Cairne, uh from a Limerick perspective, I think there was some pleasing aspects that performance, particularly in the first half. Uh,
1: absolutely. I think if you were to compare the start of the league this this year to last year, you know it was uh like two different teams. Kind of it seems that they have a little bit more done this year than they did that time last year. Um, but you know it, it was a, it was a great first half, especially um both teams going at it. Really happy. I think Declan Hannan just you know I think he did a great game. Uh, he just seems to be getting better and better, and just you know he's. He knows his job and he knows what he has to do. I think everyone knows who who's around him and it, it just seems to gel. It's it just unbelievable. Hegarty, I thought, was very good. Good to see a few young guys getting in as well. And I, I think if you're looking at the statement of intent, like Cork brought on Kingston and Barrett and Conor Cahillan, but like Kylie brought on Fergal O'Connor, Kiron Barry, Shane O'Brien, Donegal Daly, you know, so I think Cork were kind of bringing on you know, experienced guys, but but John was John Kylie was bringing on guys that are you know little or no experience, and that, and that's good to see and get them game time as well. But yeah, overall, really, I really impressed actually with Barry Murphy just from back from a long injury. I thought he was really, really impressive midfield. I think he could feature a bit for Limerick, you know, based on that form, and if he continues going forward. But yeah, no er, early doors. I I'd be happy with that result.
0: Absolutely, Rory. We'll get you in here in terms of Cork. I suppose Pat Ryan, a new head coach uh, for Cork. What stood out for you on that performance in Cork?
2: Yeah, look, for the last 10 minutes of the first half, they looked to be way off. Limerick were in complete control and uh, always able to find that loose man. Uh, looked so composed on the ball. And I suppose the the goal, a couple of points in goal did change things. Cork suddenly had momentum. Crowd were behind them. Limerick did have, as Kieran alluded, to, uh, a few more inexperienced players out there. And um, yeah, look, I'm sure Don Kiley, that's he'd prefer that kind of a game than Limerick sailing away winning. Eleven or twelve points because I did ask questions the guys and that's how you find out where they stand. Um, like a, a couple of of the, a few of the debutants like uh, didn't really put their hand up. I thought um Aaron Costello uh inside. Now I know he has played in the past for Limerick as well. He's not really a debutant as such, but he had his chance. Uh, you see, the Limerick team is just named and Fergal O'Connor is starting in that position the next day. So, Kylie is probably rootless enough there with with certain players if they don't perform another guy gets a go in that spot. So. Um, yeah, but for, from a Cork point of view the only thing I, I, I would say and look, maybe I'm wrong in this but a lot of the guys, Pat Ryan seems to have gone back to are guys that have, I would say have let Cork down in a way in the heat of battle in the last few years uh, guys that have been tried and, you know, we spoke about inconsistency with other teams there with Wexford before but players that have been great one day and then haven't fucked the ball the next day and it seems to be the same faces again par one or two Kieran Joyce, the centre back, is really like he's matured physically as well. He looks a great player. We spoke to him last year. He's probably Cork's find of the, of the championship last year or league, I should say, onto the championship. So he looks to be really um you know making the number six jersey He's own there. Um and then looked from forward, like we've Conor Lahan back in. I don't know, I'm, I'm still not sold on him. Uh, hit some really poor wides early on in the game um when you know Cork needed to settle into the match and he is one of their more experienced players. Like he's been there since 2013. Um. So look, uh, that's the, o- the the only thing from Cork's point of view. I the jury is out for a lot of these players. No matter how well they do in the league, it'll be in Munster Championship that they'll really will see what they're made of. And they've had no answer to Limerick in the last few years. And when it came to the championship, and you're just wondering, is Pat Ryan gambling that these players are suddenly going to turn it on for him when they haven't for previous managers?
0: Yeah, I think it's the last chance, Luke, certainly for a few of the Cork players. I suppose we can't not say, but Robbie O'Flynn's injury. I thought he had a very good opening game for Cork in the league. He's Unfortunately, he's actually... gone down with a dislocated ankle and mean prognosis of eight weeks, but a bit of a bitter blow here for Cork, despite the win.
1: I think, yeah, Robbie O'Flynn, if not he's, if not the best, he's he's up there with, with the best Cork forwards. I think he, like, every attack is so potent, and I think he was Cork's best player there tonight, nice, especially in, in the forward line. Good to see Horgan kind of back up his midweek comments and he, and he had a good game. But I think for me, if you compare Darry Egan's job in Wexford to Pat Ryan's job in Cork, like the player, there is a pool of players in Cork. I think Pat Ryan's job is to to kind of figure out who the starting 15 are going to be. You know, I think last year's management, you know, we saw Rob Downey full back and they kind of stick and twisted it a few times. And, you know, I think if Pat Ryan, you know, it's like any team, the spine needs to be there. I agree. Kieran Joyce just looks—he's—he's he's going to be this class. He's going to get better and better uh, as the years go on. Owen Downey did look very, very good the other night. I'm not going to, you know, judge him on one game, but you know, if—if if they kind of have any aspirations, I think they need to settle on a fullback and and stick with it. You know, if they had can stick with Downey and Joyce and and work their way up the team and and make a spine of that team, and you know, I think that's what Pat Ryan's biggest job this year is going to be—it's going to have to settle on a 15. But to do that, he's going to have to sit on, on a spine and, and, and just stick with him and, and give him every support they need.
2: And a problem, I think, for Cork, in, in definitely last year, was the work rate from their forwards. Like, we all know the pace of certain players, Kingston, and uh, like, they were a real threat on the ball. But uh, when they don't have the ball, like, teams are just working the ball out so easily. I'm thinking of Clare versus Cork in, in Thurles, where Clare were just walking the ball out to scoring positions. I think they were up at one stage, maybe 15 points to four in Munster Championship. And Cork's just standing off them and letting them dictate. And uh, like this has been a habit of the team. So Robbie O'Flynn is one player, though, who actually, we could see that the last, who works his socks off. And um, even just missing him throughout the league to be a, maybe an inspiration to other guys in the forward line to show this is how hard you work. It, it, look, it is a negative negative him, But I suppose the only good news is it looked such a serious injury that, you know, you couldn't help but, but fear that, you know, it could be a season ending injury. But I know... Uh, it is. A, I presume the pain he looked. He looked to be, in he's not going to. Uh, you know, thank anyone for saying that uh, it's not as serious. But the fact that you know he, he the time frame suggests he will be back for championship is a huge bonus, considering how serious it looked.
0: Senator, best wishes to Robbie Flynn. Speedy recovery. You know, super player. And I mean, he set up work as well. Uh, guys on Saturday night shouldn't be underestimated as well. I know he scored one one, but he did set up Declan Dalton, and I think he set up a few more scores for other uh, forward colleagues. I mean. Kieran, just to conclude with Limerick here, uh, just in terms of the announcement of squad being trimmed here, and I think some noticeable omissions here, I suppose, the likes of Pat Ryan and uh, Robbie Hanley uh, being omitted from the squads here. I suppose, what's your immediate reaction?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure John Kiley has seen something in other players that have come in. I think Robbie Handley was kind of there about midfield, but I think Barry Murphy back on the scene is obviously... Pushed him out. I thought Barry had a very good game on the weekend. And then regarding Pat Ryan, you know, Pat's been on the panel good for years. Pat never really, he never really pushed into a starting place. And, you know, with the likes of Shane O'Brien and, and Adam English now kind of putting their hand up, I think uh, it's kind of turning to the younger guys and, you know, giving them a go, which is, for Limerick's point of view, it's good to see.
0: No, all bodes well. Cracking game at Porky Keefe. Yeah, I suppose Rory will come to you then on Clare. They really gave Limerick a right rattle of it last year and uh, started their league campaign with a emphatic 427, 14-point win over Westmead and Cusack Park. I suppose, Rory, impressions of the game and anyone that we should be looking out for from a Clare uh, perspective that will break through this year?
2: Yeah, look, again, I suppose the only thing you could say is it was disappointing from a Westmead point of view. Like They're a team that drew with Wexford in the Championship last year. And you're thinking first round of the league that in a way they're going down to Ennis with nothing to lose, that they put up a better show than they did. Um, like the, this game was over well before half time. And I suppose positives from a Clare point of view is Aidan McCarthy, who missed last season, was almost kind of back. Um, If Clare got to the Ireland final, I'm sure he would have been in the mix maybe to come off the bench or something. But like he's now back to full health and scored six points from play. Um, which is a big plus. Um, Adam Hogan, uh, full-back for the Tala Harty Cup-winning team last year, and he was a clear under-20 full-back. He had his debut and apparently went very well. Uh, looked composed, comfortable on the ball at cornerback coming out. And another big plus is Shane Morey is back in um, after taking a year out last year, but um, he's back in. And look, I suppose when, when Clare ended up with injuries against Kilkenny uh, with John Conlon uh, cried off the morning of the game, it would have been grand to have somebody like Shane Amore to turn to even to, if they had to slot the backs around. But it kind of showed maybe Claire's, and we spoke about this through last year, their lack of depth in the back line. Um, they were always one injury away from maybe a disaster there in the back line. Um, they got through most of the championship with the same six backs, you know, everything went well. And then when, when Conlon went down, uh, it all collapsed around them. But um, look, yeah, no, Shane Amore and hopefully Adam Hogan pushes on really helps there. And then Mark Rogers as well, who had an injury hit l- year last year, got injured in the Fitzgibbon Cup semi-final and um, kind of played a big part, w- w- featured against Kilkenny, all right, in the Ireland semi-final. But he's gone really well for both UL and, and Clare. He had 2-2 scored the last day. Um, just sensational hands. Um, like the ball just sticks when it goes into him. And again, it's one thing we, we spoke about before that uh, Clare have exciting forwards coming through with himself and Shane Meehan. In terms of a scoring track, like, it's always there. It's just they need to get that back line solid. Um, need to get the back line solid and show out the league. I'm sure that's something that Lohan will be focusing on and being a defender of, of Renown himself. Like, he will know that the key to Clare being, you know, really competitive this year, not just in the Munster Championship, but maybe beyond that, will be to just make sure that they're not giving up easy scores.
0: Yeah, sure, Karen. get you in here, because, you know, last year on the podcast, you were highly... You know, respectful of Claire, very uh, in admiration of him at certain times, I suppose. Nothing uh, new this year, uh, from your perspective?
1: No, and I think, like, they're kind of Claire, they're a the team that are, they're adding to the pool of players all the time. Yeah, I agree. Mark Rogers, like, Mark Rogers started the year last year, you know, on top form and just unlucky to pick up an injury, and I suppose that's kind of, you know, bars a few players here and there that ruined his year. And I think if 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 Aidan McCarthy and Mark Rogers can be injury free this year. That alone will make a, a huge um, improvement to the Clare team uh, for the strength and depth. But I think, you know, the Clare, they're going to be disappointed on, on on last year, the way they went out to Kilkenny. And I think as well the, the Wexler game, where a lot of people felt the Wexler should have won um, or could have won. Um, so I think based on that, you know, there's surely be a bit of motivation to, to put things right this year and maybe go a step further. But yeah, i I'm really impressed. There's some very good young players. I think from, from Westmead point of view, you know, a second year for Joe Fortune, you know, outside of Killian Doyle, you know, and maybe his brother, I can't think of his name at the middle, The you know, there seems to be the only main scorers in the team. You know, the expectations will probably grow a bit based on the, you know, the good results they had last year and I think this year's battle has already begun for them. You know, it's it's going to be a hard year based on, on, the, on that performance against Clare. Hopefully we'll see an improvement against Wexford the weekend, but, uh you know, it, it could be a tough, long year for
0: him. Absolutely, like Cillian Doyle with eight points for Westmead on the day from 14. Four from Freeze, 165. Really tells the tale of the tape, really, doesn't it? So, I mean, they can regroup in Cusick Park and Mullingar, as we said, against Wexford. We're probably not coming in the best of form as well. So I think that might be more of a gauge here for Westmead, how they're going to go in the season. I suppose, Rory, getting back to you in terms of Clare travelling to the grounds on Saturday night, Super Saturday uh, down in Limerick, expecting a big crowd. Do you expect Brian Lohan to really throw his hand at this in terms of bring out all the big guns uh, to provide maybe an early season statement of intent against Limerick?
2: I'd love to say like that this would be both teams going hammer and tongs at it, but I don't think it will. Um, even when they met in in Cusie Park, Ennis last year in the league, there was an element of shadow boxing about the league game. Both teams finished level, but there was never a real that real cut and thrust wasn't there. Um. I just think, like, look, it is second round of the league. Both teams are coming off. Clare coming off a win, Limerick coming off a defeat. Uh, look, I, I actually, I, 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 do, I think that it'll be a great way for them testing out players. And I think both teams will, will experiment because it'll be a good way of seeing they know what the standard of the opposition are going to be like. it would be a good way of seeing, you know, what players who have looked good in training are going to maybe, you know, push on to the next level and give them an indication that they're. But I, I just don't see both teams saying this is a, a game we need must win. There's I think they both know they're going to cross paths later on in Munster Championship also in the Gaelic round. So yeah, look again, as I said, uh, people are building it up as game of the weekend, but as I mentioned, I just see Galway Cork as two teams that'll be going for it in that match, whereas Claire and Limerick there might be an element to shadow boxing.
1: I think as well if you look at, you know, going forward it's the latter stages of the league, I think Galway or Cork could be teams that could potentially push you know the league medal might do no harm like Cork have the advantage of they're not out the first week of the championship so they're going to have the, and that's the biggest issue of, like Anthony Daly came out during the week saying or at the weekend that uh, a league medal was just equivalent to two euro coin but the, the GEA are kind of making the you know they're kind of part to blame for that kind of um, downfall in it. two weeks between a league final and the start a championship is just not enough for any team to recover so Based on that, I think Cork are going to have an extra week, so three weeks um, between their first week a championship and league final. So I think for Cork, Pat Ryan to be, you know, maybe eyeing a, a league final and knowing that he has the time after to win or lose to get back on the horse again. And I think Galway as well, like, Shefflin's in his second year, and you know, Galway fans are, you know, like the Tipperary fans, Kilkenny fans, Limerick fans, they they want success and. You know, I think winning a league medal might take a bit of pressure off.
2: And Kieran, I think whoever wins the league this year, like they need to have a good championship because you look at last year, you was Waterford and Cork in the league final, and I hope that's like teams aren't looking at that saying, "Oh, getting to league final is actually detrimental." We need, as a second competition, we need, you know, teams really wanting to win it, especially when it gets to the latter stages. And it'd be great that if the team that wins it goes on and then. You know, has a great championship after that. It'll really strengthen the league going forward, and people will be saying, "Oh, well, the league was a springboard for them," as opposed to last year, where people were saying, "Oh, you know, the league was detrimental." And so, I've heard uh, I've heard
1: a few Cork people in the last, you know, the last few days, um, compare this year to '99, where a young team came about and and won the league and went on to win All Ireland. So to do in the league, Jesus Cork will go. They,
2: they don't have uh, expectations.
1: The roof. <laughs> <through> the,
2: <laughs> the rebel treble and all that.
1: Exactly.
0: But, I suppose, guys, can we get a few predictions from you on Division Group A Round Two? I suppose Limerick, Clare, Westmead, Wexford, and Galway, Cork. Uh, Rory, uh, who do you fancy in these ones? Okay,
2: I'll go. Like, I'll go first of all. Wexford have uh, um, Westmead have to put up a better show. Like, if they don't, if they don't beat um, or put up a, even a, a good performance against Wexford, they then have to play Galway, Cork, Limerick. So this is their game to, you know, make a statement that they're at this level and they deserve to be you know, uh, treated as a Division 1 team in the league. Um, so, look, I, I think there'll be a better showing from them. It could be a close game as well. But, look, you, you, it's still, you still have to fancy Wexford to come out, but probably a, a lot, lot tighter than last week. Um, Single-figure victory. The other two games hard to call. Galway, I just fancy probably Galway at home. Having After having won away, as Kieran kind of alluded to, Cork having a week off, Galway will still fancy getting out of Leinster, even if they win a league, they won't be. You'd have to think of Galway being in the top three in Leinster. Um, No matter what way it falls, they they will be in the top three. So they can kind of go for that league as well. So you're looking at two teams that may end up meeting each other again, maybe at a league final stage. Um, So look, yeah, I'll go Galway there. And then Clare Limerick, you just don't know with that one. Um, The three times they met last year in 70 minutes, they drew. So it's hardly going to be a fourth. So we'll go with maybe with Limerick home advantage. We'll give them a point or two of a victory. And clear not to be too disappointed by it either You're very
0: diplomatic rory karen i uh, get your predictions
1: yeah starting with uh, westmead and wexford obviously both teams will want to bounce back from last week um i think westmead will target this game as the easier games of the the league group so i think they you know they will this is the one they want to win especially at home but i think uh based on last year's performance and i think wexford will will want to kick back and will probably come out of it I agree with Rory. I don't think there's going to be too much in it, but uh, they get the win nonetheless. Regarding Galway and Cork, yeah, Stadium is a hard place to go. Um, I'd say Cork will bring a huge following, so I expect a big crowd there. But just on the physicality and just hurling this time of year, I expect Galway to probably have enough. And to the Gaelic grounds, I've just seen the Limerick team there. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen the Clare team yet, but I, I'd expect a Clare win. I Don't think John Kiley would be too, you know, bothered as long as the performance is right and certain players play to. To um, I'm glad to see Keane inches back in for start because you know Keane out for a year, he needs he needs time, so um, I, I'm going to say clear win in the last game, but um, yeah, it's early days.
0: Exactly, I suppose. With Limerick, if the, is the team selection a bit experimental here, Karen, or uh, have they integrated a few more established players in? Along yeah, Mihaljovic
1: is getting for start. Peter Casey's in for start of the year, you know, for Kyle is yeah. back in, yeah, so, yeah, okay. I think one or two in each line maybe with a, an experience there as well, kind of, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see him mix mixed around, especially at these early stages in the league.
0: Yeah, I'm delighted to see King Lynch back, you know, he definitely does need the game minutes and what a marvellous talent. I suppose, <laughs> where he might hate this, uh, I think he might go for four fourth consecutive draw between Limerick and Clara, there might be much in it, I don't think it takes much for these two to tango anyway, so, I expect probably a good good game on Saturday night. To be fair, so I don't think it's going to be much in that. Westmead, Wexford. I'd just hedge it to Wexford, but again, Karen, as you've said in the outset, we're going to really see the scoring power of Wexford here. I mean, they did have problems against Westmead, particularly in Championship last season. And if they're going to bring in prospects in here, McGuckin guys like that are going to have to step up here. So I think it might be a narrow win for Wexford. But Westmead, you know, I think defensively, we know with Tommy Doyle and um and their defensive unit was pretty pretty tight. And then Galway-Cork. Yeah, there's a bit of excitement here in Galway about this game, given what they've seen with Cork. But I think there's a bit of an air of confidence here in Galway that Sheffield's going to leave no Stone unturned here. And I expect him maybe to issue maybe a statement of intent here, maybe win by four or five points. Maybe we'll go to 1B uh, here, guys, quite quickly. First off, maybe we can look at uh, Tipperary here. Under Liam Cahill, Michael Bevins, New Era. 2.32 scored against uh, Leash on Saturday night. I suppose, uh Kieran. I know we were kind of at pains to point out some of the deficiencies of Tip even before the championship. What are your initial impressions in terms of Liam Cahill and Tipperary so far this season?
1: First game, you know, I think Leash were were way off the tip's pace and this Christmas, uh they just weren't up to it at all. Really impressed with Connor's takelin' midfield, uh really, really impressive. And Bonner Mark, look that man, he's just keeps going back and back, he's some appetite for it without scoring, but I think he was just involved in everything that went on up in the forwards. Uh and Groler Connor, you know, good scoring carried on from his for skipping farm. Tip of thirteen different scores and one five off the bench, which is something that'll please Cattle, you know. So we all know, like especially around Round Robin, it's it's a panel, you know, fifteen players aren't good enough anymore. You need a panel, so to see scores coming off the bench would be make it be happy for him. I think as well a good move which have Carlos kinda of done early on is Michael Breen moving to full back. Uh, I think it frees up Roland Maher to kind of move out the field and be more influential. Um, you know, I think Roland Maher is going to be, you know, pivotal to Tipperary this year to have choices like, I think, Brennan Maher, you know, his skipping form has been good. Cottle um, Bart, you know, no issue there every year, puts up uh, performances. But, you know, I think the panel is, is what Carl is going to be looking at. You know, is, you know he'll, there'll be question marks whether we'll have a... a 23 strong enough to go to our come Championship but you know, I think just they are a team in, in, in rebuild and you know not much it's hard to see that much will happen this year for them but they're certainly starting at a, a strength and going above the right way.
0: Rory, get you in there what are your initial impressions of Tipperary?
2: Yeah and even just watching UL there earlier this evening uh, Brian Amara at centre-back and Garota Connor centre-forward two of the main players in the team and I think Brian Amara is going to be huge for Tipperary this year with the injuries they've had in the back line. Um, they just need a bit of stability there, and he's a solid hurler. Um, you know, just does does his job. There's, uh, you know, he, he's not out there trying to get headlines or anything like that. He's just a very good lad, very solid, does his job, and uh, a, a big presence as well. Like he he just holds his position very well. Um yeah, he's a uh, he's a very impressive six, and I think it's something that maybe tip since Parick Maher. Since at, and brendan maher like half back line has been an area you know that he just needed it to settle down and uh so yeah look again you couldn't judge anything like tip were well off the i thought last year tip were, i know they had a big performance against limerick but in the Munster championship they were easily like the that, the, the team that deserved to finish bottom like they were well off it, i thought and they need a big step up this year just need to be more competitive first of all this year and uh be in the shakeup to qualify so again it isn't there it's county where the league is going to be important for them Um new manager has to learn his players and um, so maybe them getting to latter stages of the league is going to be important um for Liam Cahill and Beavens and co so it, yeah uh, I think we learned they probably didn't learn much from from with Leash being so off the pace but going forward now um there are definitely we spoke about Galway and Cork, and I'd probably throw Tip into that bracket as a team that'll probably be taking the league a lot more seriously than other counties due to the circumstances they're in.
0: Absolutely, uh, I think it's positive vibes coming from Tipperary with Liam Cahill in charge. I think pre-season has gone pretty well, uh, considering I think Bonnermar has been a huge addition up in the full forward line for Tipperary. As I said, Karen's set-up work was pretty amazing on Saturday. Uh, the interesting one for me is Kyle Barrett, just in terms of where he's going to play. Will he play cornerback or will he play more in his accustomed midfield role with Holy Cross Cowell? I mean, he has played pretty much midfield there for his club for many a season. So I'm just wondering, with Dean Cahill, will he change it up a little bit in terms of the league? Maybe experiment with Barrett a little bit more out the field, Kieran.
1: Uh, yeah, it's hard to. I think for the last few seasons, fullback has been uh, a kind of a worry, well, an area that Tip has kind of struggled to fill. I think if Michael Breen does end up you know, lining out there, come championship that he will want experience in the in the full back line too. So I think no better than Cahill Barris to 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 be beside Breen. But yeah, it's hard to know that there's there options there in the backs. You know, Brian McGrath played last weekend and wing back had a good game by all accounts. And I think the backs, you know, there's never has been ever been an issue, and there, there's always been choice. I suppose that's the joy Cahill has. He can use the league to to chop and change things around and, and see what works for him. You know.
2: Mark, I was just saying the interesting thing with um, Michael Breen a full back is like full forwards have changed now. You're not marking the traditional full forward who's strong in the air and everything. Like Michael Breen could be on, uh, you know, just to use an example, a Desi Hutchinson type guy in there or a real NACU player or a, a, from a Claire point of view, maybe a Shane Meehan or Rogers, or a different style. And I think you just need to be to play full back. I, I don't know. Can you just slot in there after playing from midfield wing forward? like in one season I don't know it it just seems like an experiment to me that you know could fail spectacularly yeah so I'm going to throw my hat into that one and say I can't see that one working
0: I'll probably go against you there Rory because I know underage for a tip Breen did play a bit of time in full back but I suppose that's a few years ago as well and (laughs) no more than going down to Nolan Park on uh, Sunday to test yourself out as a full back and I mean we may go to Kilkenny and uh, maybe we'd have unearthed an, another Kilkenny sur- hurling superstar in Billy Drennan. Uh, again, an awful lot of applaud. It's after his Corrigan Park exploits, one, eight, seven from seven points from freeze, I suppose. Again, from a uh, De- Derek Ling perspective here, nice uh, positive vibes coming out of that game. And Antrim fairly gave Kilkenny a rattle as well in this game. So pretty competitive stuff. Ciaran.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think if you, um, you look back to like that Klikenny under-20 team last year, Billy Drenum was the one player who really stood out. To me, like an automatic, you know, selection for the senior team. You know, he's bulked up over the summer period and, uh, you know, his early form is really good. And obviously, as well he uh, as well as being a potent forward, he's a, a deadly free-taker. So, it kind of takes the pressure off TJ Reid. You know, it, it's not it's no harm having two in any team. But, uh, yeah, look... We all know how hard a place Corrigan Park is to go to and I think for, for Derek Ling, it potentially avoid the banana skin, you know, it's a tough place to go first game and the, the, the weather conditions weren't great. So I think he'd be happy to get out of there with a win, you know, without the Ballyhane contingent and yeah, I think it was just, uh, got the job done and get out of town. I think that's what kind of way it was for him. Yeah,
0: Rory, get you in here like it's a new era but Kenny Brian Cody no longer in charge. I suppose it's been early days yet, but do you see
2: probably any kind of style changes here? Yeah, no, it, it was commented on, and and there was there was only a short bit of highlights RT showed, but it was commented on that there was a distinct change sure. in Kilkenny using a lot more sharp sharp ball, and and look, I suppose uh, if it's something that in the Brancody era we know that there was a lot of no uh, in the Brankody era Kilkenny were they were adapting and playing mixing it up a bit but I suppose there were still probably the one team that was still going long more often than others, which isn't that, look it isn't a bad thing either. But I suppose uh, maybe Ling is just getting them more familiar with it, uh, that they can adapt when they meet other teams. But getting on to that game, Antrim are a funny team because Antrim are so competitive in the league against what you consider the you know the, the Kilkenny's and Corks and these. But then when they play a Leash or a Westmeath, you expect them to maybe to win six or seven points, but it doesn't happen for them. So they're more competitive against the bigger teams than, than your Leash or West But when they go and play Leash and Westmeet, they often lose those games. So they are a bit of an enigma there. And hopefully this year, from their point of view that that they'll back up the performances they're showing against the bigger counties when they're playing the teams that we consider them to beat, you know? It's just something that over the last few years has become a bit of a pattern. And I'm sure they're targeting like that certain games here that, that they should definitely, you know, be winning, not ending up in a relegation type scenario again.
0: Absolutely. I mean it wasn't the best of days up in Corrigan Park, so like 15 points is an all-right return. But again, Carl Gunning finished with eight points, eight from freeze. So really kind of tells the tale of the tape here that maybe Antrim really need to kind of focus on scoring here. I see Keelan Malloy did score one point. in McManus, one point as well. Uh, McKenna, two points as well. So look, their season will be defined with, obviously, games against Leash to keep in that 1B league uh, per se, but... I suppose uh, we could maybe kind of go to Fairfield as well and Dungarvan. I suppose just probably had the most drama, if we want to call it that, between Waterford and Dublin. 13 man Waterford um, pegged back at the end by Dublin, 219 to 316. Rory, I suppose, what do we make of this in terms of maybe Mihala Donoghue's start to Dublin manager and maybe Waterford with Davy Fitz in charge here as well? I mean, it seems like plenty of drama down there.
2: Yeah, I, I, be Dunjio has to have mixed emotions because going down there, I'm sure he'd have been delighted with a point. But when they had two extra men, and the team like didn't really react very well, and that they kind of played into Waterford's hands, they didn't use the, the two extra men very well. And so it was a game they should have won, um, and should have saw it out. Uh, you have to hand it to Waterford, and I'm sure Davy would be delighted with the fighting spirit that, that like they, they've probably come out of that with something saying like we 13 men were in a position we were losing and, and yet we, we we fought a draw out of it we weren't beaten yeah look I suppose I uh, had a, a few flash points as well and if you remember last year's game up in Parnell Park uh, it was an intensely physical game between Dublin and Waterford as well so there was probably a bit of bite kind of still lingering which came out again in Field. I suppose like b- both teams both managers would be happy they took something out of it but um, I'm sure with the two points there it would have been a great start for Dublin to go down to Waterford and win away in the first round. So again, I suppose we want the league games to have this kind of bite and fight and management on the sideline losing the rag, which is probably guaranteed considering the personality involved. But it look it just makes for an interesting start to the league having games like that. And uh, it probably is a boost for Dublin. There's uh, Maighdhal Dunne who's coming in and uh, no Chris Cromley this year. Uh, Liam Rush no Liam Rush so like there's a a bit of change there and he wanted to see what he has and has he the ingredients to be a competitive side in Leinster and I'm sure he's happy enough from day one that there is a pool of talent to work with it's just being consistent through the league now and bringing that on over the next few games will be when Michal Dunne will learn really what he has but uh, I'm sure look mixed emotions as we said Uh, happy to go down there and come away with a point but with the way the game was going he'd be disappointed that they didn't use the advantage they had
0: Absolutely, Kieran, Get you in there in terms of Davy Fitzgerald and Waterford. Do you see anything distinctly different in terms of maybe one personnel and two maybe playing style that maybe his predecessor in Waterford, Dean Cahill, would have um would have had?
1: Yeah, I was very impressed with Mikey Kiley inside. I think he caused Dublin all sorts of bother, um, and it, which probably led to to the two penalties really that that Stephen Benagh got to stick. Uh, I'm not sure he'd be happy with um, you know, I think they they should have had enough to see out the game. You know, when Dublin did get the goal, like Prunty's mistake, it's an awful mistake. And I think Prunty's one of them players that kinda of had a bad run of farm and you know after a year or two a very good form and needs to turn it around, but a very bad mistake. Um O'Sullivan got him for the goal. But I don't think Davy would be too happy with having to empty the bench with you know, Carrick Daly, Ozzy Gleason, Desi Hudson, Jack Prendergast. You know, I think without the main guys you know, I think Ozzy came in, you know, he really turned the game on his head and, and, and saw it to win. But I suppose, yeah, from the the fact of being down to 13 players with however many minutes to go, 13, 17 minutes to go, he'd have to be happy with that and, and would take a point all day. But insane for a Dublin point of view, really impressed with a few players Keno Sullivan, Keen Boland, Alex Considine. You know, we know how good Donald Burke is. So, you know, I think a similar job for, for Michael who that Star may have is to you know, build a pool of players and, uh, you know, get the, get a panel and kind of see what he has and put them to test over the next few weeks for, for Championship. But, you know, I, I really, I was impressed with Dublin. I, okay, the first few minutes, they were, they were in all sorts of water but, you know, once they, they came back level, I think I was really impressed with them. I thought, didn't know what to, what Dublin we were going to see or what changes, I who was going to make in a short period, but I, I really think if Dublin keep building and could be a team that could be eyeing uh, up the potential third place in, in Leinster and possibly fighting out we- Wexford first.
2: Uh, sorry, yeah. oh, sorry, no, I was just going to say, uh, Kieran, at the same time, they are reliant on Burke, though, aren't they, for scores? A bit like we spoke about Wexford w- with Rory O'Connor. If anything happened, Burke, you'd really fear for Dublin. I uh, was also impressed with Keen Like he, he, he has been on a couple of years, but he, he, his pace is, causes problems. He's a big lad, can carry the ball really well. And when he got running at at um, the Waterford backs, like he did, create huge problems for them. So I'm sure Michal Dunne, who has seen him, definitely as someone he can, you know, uh, build maybe a forward line around, to get him running at teams and and create gaps. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting for, for, for Dublin. Like we, we need to see how they get on over the next couple of games. Though hard to judge, maybe off round one, especially against 13 players for a finish. Um, they need to back it up now.
1: I think Waterford as well. You see the best of Waterford in 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 bigger stadiums like Turles and and Crow Park. You know they're they're a running team and places like Farfield and even Walsh Park. uh, don't think suit them as well as what Turles might. So I think the best of Waterford are probably to come. Like we all know, Davy Fitz will have a team fit. There's no doubt about that. Hopefully he doesn't play the same constipated hurling he was playing with Wexford two years ago. But you know, that kind of remains to be seen. There is a, a pool of players in in Waterford. You know. It's not like Egan or Michal O'Donoghue, they're t- trying to find players. There is players from Waterford. It's a matter of trying to put them together.
0: Absolutely. I think, I think he probably hit the nail on the head there, Rory, in terms of Dublin. Building that squad depth up because it definitely got exposed, particularly in the Leinster Championship, the week in, week out. Injury started to F- come, and Just thinking in terms of Kilkenny performance at Paranel Park, they were nowhere near it. Yeah, I think for Michal O'Donoghue, I think he's a good man to be getting in charge. Running the rule over the pool of players, and let's be brutally frank here, guys. Dublin have a whole host of players, so it'll be just a case of kind of nurturing that underage talent coming through. So no better man than me, although who there to really kind of galvanise uh, the nation's capital. I suppose, guys, can we get some previews or predictions from you in terms of Division 1, uh, 1B? One Leash entertaining Watford in Omore Park, Port Leash. On Sunday, we have uh, the local derby between Kilkenny and Tipperary in Nolan Park. And in Parnell Park in Dublin, Dublin entertain Antrim, I suppose. Karen, can we get your thoughts on those games? What do you think is gonna win?
1: Yeah, starting with Kilkenny tip, I think Clean castle like aside from building a team, he's also trying to get the Tipperary supporters back on side, you know, after last year's performance and no better to go to Nolan Park and get a win. Conor Connor was very good in the scores last week, you know, Bonamar obviously involved in playmaking. But you know, you add in Jason Ford to that forward line, you know, and he adds another level of attack so I think you know t- as Rory said earlier like the league is a- it's going to be important for Tipperary and I think if they can get a win over Kilkenny in the league you know it- it'll it'll springboard them and-, and get the fans back on side so I think Tipperary will, will go all out for a win Dublin and Antrim yeah you know say Dublin are going to have to to back up what they did last week you'll imagine they would have enough but uh, you know Michal Dernier might use it as a uh, as a, an opportunity to put in inexperienced an, an guys. I haven't yeah. seen any team yet, but you'd imagine Dublin would be strong enough. Last game, what was the last game? Waterford Leash? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Leash-Waterford, yeah, yeah. Waterford Leash, yeah. She's uh, Leash looked very poor last week. I think it'll be a chance for David Fitz to maybe give the likes of Patrick Fitzgerald from Ballygunners some game time and, you know, the younger guys. Uh, this is one of the, the easier games with all respect to Leash. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of an opportunity to give him a, a look and see at the the fringe players. I, I think I'd like to see Patrick Fitzgerald get some game time, because by all accounts, he's light enough for Benny Gunner and deserves a goal. So yeah, for me, I think Waterford will win that uh, handy.
0: Thanks, Ciarán. Uh Rory, uh, who are you tipping here?
2: Yeah, I, I just hope that there's a bit of a better performance from Leash. They did a very good under-20 team last year. The Wexford just beat them a point. who uh, then went on and ran Kilkenny to a point in, in the Leinster final. So looking at that like and I know from the college has seen that they have a good pool of talent at that age Um, Ian Shanahan a- inside Newell. In uh, I saw he came off the bench against Tip last year I think his manager now is going to have to try and throw in some of these guys maybe start building a team for two or three years but they have hurlers at that age and maybe that's the right path to go so you're just hoping they're going to be a lot more competitive at home this week Um, there is always a, a game or two in the league where a team that's well beaten one week does come out and you know, put up a huge performance the next week, but as Ken said, it's just hard to see. They were so far off at of last week, but again, you don't know what kind, what kind of a week's and a team are doing in, at the moment either. Some teams are tired in games, other teams are slogging it out. So, yeah, I, I just think a bit like the West Meekam, we said earlier, I think Leith, you're probably going to maybe put up a bit of a, of a performance here, and Waterford will be a win, but not as convincing as we'd have thought. Maybe again, a kind of a single digit win at five, six points, maybe, but no more and um, Kilkenny Tip hard one to call um when we said Clare and Limerick could be shadow boxing I think Kilkenny and Tip won't be they'll be going at it because again they won't meet each other in the championship uh, until maybe if they meet in latter stages so they can have a cut at each other and both coming in with new managements uh, players wanting to impress I think this could be the tie of of group uh, B the weekend so uh, I'll go with I'll go with Kilkenny I, I wrote them off for most games last year <laughs> and uh, to my regret, so I'm going to start predicting that they'll win this year. So go Kilkenny in that one. And um, the uh, last game in the group there, Mark, just to remind me again. It was Dublin Antrim. Oh yeah, uh, Dublin Antrim. I look again, Antrim need to, uh, maybe like kid okay, or within six, six points of Kilkenny, they need to kind of uh, come into this one again and just kind of, you know, give Dublin a good game. Uh, I think they will. I think it'll be a close one. Uh, go Dublin by just a point or two. Probably go with you there in terms of Dublin
0: Antrim, Parnell Park. Close confines. I think uh, not much between these teams historically. And uh, there's got to be some tonic for Antrim Hurland if they could go to the Nations capital and win. I think that one's kind of 50-50, but slight edge to Dublin. I think Kilkenny and Tipperary, for the two managers involved, a win on Sunday could do massive transformative things for the, the context of the season. Uh, it'd be interesting just to just see with Kilkenny what sort of side they will bring out. Will they continue to... Go with players that are not Batty Hale Specifically um, I think they probably will Tipperary as well, I think the Michael Breen, Thierry and fullback Will be fully tested if Billy Drennan and a few others Walter Walter inside So again, I'm going to probably give a slight edge To Kilkenny, but only just Would not be surprised if that, that's a draw in Nolan Park Because I think it's two teams that are going to be Very eager to keep their own beaten run In the league, and then Leash and Watford. I think, I feel sorry a little bit for uh, Bill Maher at Leash I think maybe the clubs are not rowing in the same direction as the intercounty team really and to be perfectly fair it was a tough watch last week in Turles but as you say these under 20s I think Bill Maher has to be brave here and maybe just kind of have a rebuild and bring in the prospects here into the league and really blood them in so I think Waterford probably be by 10 points but he's just, you mentioned a great point there Rory in terms of pre-season the training block you just don't know what's going on here in terms of some of these intercounty teams so but I would fancy Waterford just on the basis of the performance against Dublin, particularly with 13 players. Their conditioning seemed to be pretty on point for this early in the season.
1: Is it, has, haven't Leif taken a huge setback from the year Eddie Burnham was with him? Like, you know, they're like, a, you know, set in two or three years. Like it's, you know, obviously we know there was issues with the county board there, but um, it just kind of shows that you need your ducks in a row to, to go at it. Like, you know, and and I need a backing of the board.
2: If they, they need to get things right now because there's a danger in Leinster. They're going to slip further down the ladder. I thought the most interesting score the whole weekend was the hammer in Kildare gave Carlo 25 yep. points to 11. And um, like Kildare are really on the up in and, hurling, and, and they've like we saw with Naas the centre, the team Naas had won the Leinster Intermediate last year, and um, uh, this year they gave Ballyhale a big fright when they met them in the Leinster Championship. And uh, I think with Kildare's population is now over like 300,000 people in Kildare, there's no reason why they can't you know, really become a, a stronger force in hurling, And like it, it looks now that like they're they're really, they've passed out the likes of carlo and that, you know, uh, they've awfully Westmeath, uh, Leash and their sights and could really become a competitive team. And it would be great to see. Uh, I know from, with Limerick underage teams, we have come across Kildare in the last few years and um, they're definitely a team on the up and some seriously talented young players as well coming through. Uh, even looking at the Fitzgibbon Cup teams now, you look, you go to that, that side of the country, you look at your UCDs, Maynooths, and they're kind of, there's two, three career lads playing Fitzgibbon Cup nearly, and, and most college teams in the East Coast, it's, you know, it, it's really, um, you know, it, it's, it's good to see. And I was just surprised at that, because a few years ago, we were looking at Carlo. They were, uh, you know, they were the team, like Antrim, I suppose, in Division One, that were, you know, uh, teams were going down to Dr. Cullen Park and at risk, uh Clear Limerick, they've all had frights down there. and um, But now it, it just shows uh, how things can change very quickly if you take your eye off the ball.
1: Yeah, I think with, Lee, or with um, Kildare as well, Kildare underage are playing in Kilkenny, Kilkenny League, so they're getting good exposure and, and good games, you know, so it's really brought them on. I would have seen Nace last year in the intermediate intermediate, intermediate final, and, you know, they're really, really impressive, big team. And as you said, huge numbers like Nace is a club, it's the only club in the town, it, like, massive numbers in the club. They're they're doing everything right, they're doing you know, going above the right way, and it probably is only a matter of time before Kildare come up to the, the level of maybe Lee Shantram Westmead.
0: Absolutely. No, I think ten different scores on the day for Kildare as well. That twenty five points to eleven win over Carlo. Carlo in a little bit of transition at the moment, but take nothing away from this Kildare performance, I think phenomenal really for this time of year and Really sets the tone very well for Division 2A, guys. I think we will probably previewing this a bit more because you throw in Kerry, who put 22 on Derry in Celtic Park, and then you have Offley in here as well. Owen Cahill scored 10 points in a 21 points to 18 win over down in McKenna Park. So that's going to be a very lively division to get out of uh, for sure.
1: I think as well with Kerry, the you know the last few years have been the bridesmaids of the competition and i think the, the pressure steve minumphy will be under this year to to get the job done you know it just kind of brings it all to four and, and i think there'll be some big games to be had in two way in the next couple of weeks
2: yeah down actually had a man sent off in the first half against Offaly, so they had to have had a bearing on the game and even last year when we saw down play Kerry in the um i remember tg car had it live on it was definitely latter stages of the league and yeah. uh, it was a great game like there was both teams uh super game of Ireland so down or right up there as well in that mix so it's probably a really competitive division and when it gets down to the nuts and bolts of it like there's nothing really between three or four of these teams in it
0: Absolutely no I think it's going to be an exciting one here and we'll be closely watching it on this podcast in the next few weeks I suppose guys we can conclude here I suppose congratulations to Cashel Community School as well here on their Hearty Cup win Uh, massive achievement for uh, Cashel uh, beating Torres CBS 11 points to 11 in uh, Semple Stadium. I suppose, guys, any general reaction there? Um, It's probably brilliant for Tipperary underage Harlan here that two Tipperary sides are in the big dance in terms of the All-Iron Colleges, but great spectacle in Semple Stadium, nonetheless, last Sunday.
2: I think it's just great to see a new team win it. Uh, Cashel had never won it. Last year, Toilet had never won it. And for a competition that was traditionally won by certain schools and there was almost a pool, a pool of four or five schools that was kind of going around the merry-go-round, you, your Flannins, arskel in recent years, De picked up a few, Thurla's C B S, and then suddenly now you've two new schools winning it. So it gives hope to a lot of schools out there. that if they get it right with the talent they have that, you know, uh, um, get things right and you can win a hearty cup. Whereas years ago, that was kind of, you know, a, a dream most schools couldn't really dream about. Um, it was some achievement winning a Munster B for, uh, for a lot of schools to, but to go on and win a hearty cup for the first time, amazing. And two teams in the final and with them winning an Ireland minor last year. Um, yeah, there's, Definitely something for the rest of Munster maybe to be worried about.
0: Absolutely. I think there were some stand-up performances as well. I think Connolly, particularly for Cashel, uh, chipped in with six points, five from Freeze, 165, pretty dominant throughout here. Um, O'Dwyer as well was absolutely a phenomenal from start to finish. And Turtles as well. You know, you had Horgan and gold. You had God, you kind of uh, name him out here. An awful lot of mid, south, west tip uh, being represented here. And it really does bode well, I think, Roaring and Karen for Tipperary, particularly in the underage competitions in County this year?
1: Yeah, I think if you're Liam Cattell, a lot of people might have been questioning why he, he stood down from Waterford and took the Tipperary job, but maybe the, the answer is there to be, for everyone to be seen. You know, a very impressive minor team last year, obviously Castle winning. There's obviously a pool, of, oh, is a pool of players there, but, you know, I think if they're looked after right and brought through the ranks right, you know... There's no, there's no reason why they couldn't be under Cahill in the years to come.
0: Absolutely, hearty congratulations. And I suppose should really give a shout-out to the Offaly uh, schools as well for their win in Leinster as well, beating the mighty St Kieran's as well uh, in the final as well. So, I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, progression and underage, and that's a great story in terms of further development in that Offaly underage Hurland programme. It's really shown. I uh, know, Rory, you were a pains to... Highlight that last year in our podcast last year and
2: more good work uh, going on behind the scenes in Uffley. Yeah, I suppose look they, they did leave that L Ireland minor final behind them and in a way that that could be the best thing in terms of keeping those players you know firmly in the ground and spurred on to you know they, they still haven't done a Ireland medal despite everyone probably expecting and up until like the last second of the game that they they were going to get one. So sometimes with underage you might be better off just having that bit of hunger still and keep you going and. I suppose that's probably followed on through for, for the Offaly schools. I see there was a bit of uh, a bit of negative negativity towards so many schools being allowed in amalgamation. But like um, as people were saying, like uh, it does make things more competitive to do they want the same schools every year to be in the final. I suppose the question is if they win two or three, will, will um, you know, will authorities come in and maybe split them back up somehow? But uh, look, they're put it for the first time like obviously they were pulled together because for, for a reason to make things more competitive it does suit awfully that that has happened keeps a lot of those players from different schools maybe training together i think there was a comment made that none of the guys over them were teachers either they were all kind of county coaches brought in and everything like that so people are wondering were they really a school team or were they a development squad but look i i, I say fair play to them the you know the, these guys a lot of these schools in awfully like the Kilcormock and in these secondary schools, have very small populations like so, so to allow them to compete in the Leinster A, like the only one way, the only way they, those schools could ever compete would be to pool together and um, amalgamate together. So, um, I say fair play to them anyway, and and well done. And, and often it can be a hard thing to bring schools together too. I know I played in a hearty amalgamation myself in Shannon, um, both schools in Shannon together, and it, it is difficult to get both schools together. Um, even things like just things like training and then there's different schools or different timetables and all that kind of stuff it is difficult like so uh, you know there it's not all plain sailing either so uh, well done to them
1: i think as well uh, adam screeny is supposed to have a a great game so obviously following on the form from the from the awfully minor team last year but i think it's all it's all probably down to the work of um, michael Dagnan and you know you put in the work in the grassroots which you seem to be doing and you would be hopeful in a, in a few years' time that they're uh, they're back up to the top table where they probably deserve to be.
0: Absolutely. No, congratulations to both schools and programmes and, uh, yeah, best wishes to cashman and Turles in that uh, all Ireland colleges because it's going to be exceedingly tough there anyway. Um, always competitive competition. suppose we can finish off here, guys, in the Fitzgibbon Cup quarterfinals as we went on air here. Uh, I know, Rory, you're down in the UL grounds uh, watching University of Nimerick against uh, UCD. It was a... Per- Harlem Trotter performance at times here for University of Limerick, 419 to 10 points, I suppose. Immediate impression of that performance from the University of Limerick. They looked like a very hard team to stop this year.
2: Yeah, I, I suppose the only negative in the first half, there was a, a period where they went up 1-5 points and were extremely wasteful. Um, like I suppose there's something, still there's something for management to work on because in a tighter game, Like that, A period like that could really go against you, and I'm sure it's something that they'll target going through the next round. Again, something we're talking about physicality with teams. Um, Brian Amara is in a half-back line with Corcoran from Hill, one side of him, and Colin Cochran the other side. And Brian Amara looks small in there, and he's about (laughs) 6'1", 6'2". And they have Michael Coyley there, Garota Connor. They're just physically a huge team. And then the smaller guys then, who they have in, in playing around them, Mark Rogers and Power from Waterford, and they're just like, speed merchant. so they seem to have the right mix of physicality and speed and for a college team like you throw in there Adam English, Cahal O'Neill you know it's it's just they have a, a serious pool of talent there and um, we know last year they had Ireland Freshers that they um, you know basically won every single game league and championship and those players now are, seem to be gelling in with that previous Fitzgibbon team from last year so um, it, it, look, it, it is going to be take a massive effort for somebody to topple them. But as you know, and, and Fitzgibbon weekend as well, with you know, games coming thick fast and a couple of uh, of injuries as well, and things can go against you. Nothing is given at this level, especially at semi-final stage. But yeah, look, you couldn't but be impressed by how they played so far.
0: Absolutely. No, uh, I mean, look at the scores. Like Mikey Kylie three goals. Um, power, one, two. Gerardo O'Connor five points. Two from freeze. Adam English four points, Toomey with three, Mark Rogers, Colin Coughlin, Brian Amara, Brian O'Sullivan and Flaherty for one point each. I mean, uh, UCD, Donal O'Shea with six points, Prenderville and Murphy with two points each. I suppose uh, I had a watch of the University of Galway, uh, SETU, Carlow uh, game in Dangan Grounds. And after about 10 minutes here, the locals were a bit uneasy because Carlo had gone 2-1 to one point up. Courtesy uh, of gold from Keys and Nolan, but Evan Island with 12 points, 11 from Freeze. Uh, Galway really dominated the middle third here, particularly in the second and third quarters. And ran out again, 211 to 20 points would suggest pretty tight at the end. But in all due respect to Carlo, uh, University of Galway were full value for that win. And I suppose UCC uh, beaten the Atlantic Technology, University of Galway, uh, 20 points to 113. I've only seen the highlights here and Dara Flynn top scored with 14 points, 11 points from Freeze. Shane Barrett also chipped in with two points each, along with Power, Brian Hayes and Cotter with one point each against an ATU Galway team, predominantly Galway based. So again, very topsy-turvy game there down in the Maradike. So I think it really kind of sets it up, guys, uh, for a very exciting semi-final and finals weekend with those four teams when we include SC, SETU, Waterford as well. Who uh, piped DCU Doka Zarin, uh 316 to 216 into DCU Sports Grounds last night. So, again, teams with massive caliber in this competition, and you know it'll be a very exciting match. I suppose, guys, we might leave it there. Uh, pretty exciting opening episode for the year. I'd like to thank Rory and Kieran for your thoughts tonight. Suppose we can come back next week review round two of the Allianz Heron League and also look uh, ahead as well to Fitzgibbon Cup and any colleges action that went on during the week. Until then, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and
2: Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.